0: Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. You've got BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN, and we are happy to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by Joey Vitale. He's the blues analyst for 101 ESPN and Bally Sports Midwest. He's our great friend, and he joins us each and every Thursday here on the show. Joe, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? Joey! 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 Ah, you're so awesome! Fellas,
1: fellas, 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 doing great. Just ripping down the highway, just left morning skate. It's a good few days off. I know they're they're geeked and ready to get back after tonight against a very
0: good Vancouver team. Joe, what would you see from the Blues in their last two games? Because they lost both of them. We know that. Didn't get any points out of it. It it seemed to me like their overall game was solid. What would you see from them?
1: Yeah, I would agree, BK. And I just got done talking to Drew Bannister about the question, how do you maintain focus and refocus for your group when you played as well as you did over the last six periods? With zero results. He said, this is going to be a challenge, uh, but he thinks this group is up for the challenge. You know, to keep reinforcing the positive, to keep showing clips, and to keep talking to players on the side about the good things that are happening. Because over time, if you play that well long enough, you're eventually going to find the success and you're going to start seeing the results, whether it be um, from an individual standpoint for certain players, but definitely as a whole, for, for two points for the St. Louis Blues team that really needs to start mounting some points back up together after dropping the last two. So it is a challenge for a coach. It's a challenge for a player. uh, But you have to always focus on uh, the long-term future as far as the realization that as a player, if you continue to play this way and continue to stay tight defensively, which they have been, um, continue to have your special teams uh, give you a nudge in games and lean on your goaltending. Uh, outside of that, it's just cleaned up a couple different mis- mistakes in both those games against some very good teams where the Blues know if they clean that up, they should start finding more success. Joe, Drew talked about it yesterday uh, the difficulty of this upcoming schedule and kind of figuring out what this team is with these matchups. In-, in your opinion, how impactful are these next 10 games for the Blues season? Well, Alex, I mean, listen, I think they're very impactful. I mean, you have Vancouver tonight at home before you go off. Carolina Carolina's playing some a great brand of hockey right now and then you come home for a four-game swing with the Florida Panthers they're good New York Rangers one of the best Boston Bruins one of the best even the Philadelphia Flats I think has been the biggest surprise across the National Hockey League I mean they're 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 of course uh getting their nudge in the Eastern Conference and starting to climb their way up on the Eastern Conference as well so plenty of teams coming up and I remember when Drew Bannister took over the job and they had a couple games there in St. Louis right before the Christmas holidays over the next 10 games, and this was just zero and zero. Brand-new coach, healthy coach there, and he said next 10-game segment, which, of course, now they are about see eight games into this segment, five and three which your Bannister, he said the next 10 games is, is going to be tough. And I loved the line at the time. He said, we need tough. We need hard right now because we need to see where we're at. And I think as you approach the two more games in that segment and you enter into the next 10-game segment, of these chapters uh, it's not getting much easier. And I think that we've seen some great spurts from St. Louis against some heavy teams and we've seen some lackluster moments too. I think the biggest thing when you look at the opponents and how good they are, I think what drew Bannister is learning and what these players continue to learn is you have to play a nearly almost perfect game as close to 60 minutes to give yourself a chance against these good teams. Now, when you go up against the Ottawa senators, Right? If you're playing the Columbus Blue Jackets, for example, you can get away from your game for 20, 22, 24, 27 minutes. Right? You look at that Colorado team. They got away from their game for maybe eight minutes and then an unfortunate bounce by um, Devon Taves to seal it up. The Pittsburgh Penguins, I thought they played about 58 minutes almost as well as you can against a very good hockey team. You know, Drew Bannister talked about, was it you know Drew, uh, Scott Prunovich stepping outside the dots there on a pinch that led the first goal set up by Evgeny Malkin. Was it a dumb penalty by Sammy Blay in the offensive zone he probably shouldn't take? Yeah, and he knows that. But then you put this good power play on, on the ice against three, with, with three or potentially four Hall of Famers one day. Those are things that you shoot yourself in the foot on, and when you're playing good teams, like I mentioned, you really have to play as close to perfect of a game as possible. So that's going to be the test again here tonight as the Canucks
0: come to town. Joey Vitale is our guest for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. You can hear him on the call for Blues versus Canucks. You can also see him occasionally on Bally Sports Midwest as we did this weekend in pre, post and intermission. Uh, Joe, I did want to ask you, you mentioned Scott Perunovich. He's he's had some great moments. He's had some tough moments as you'd expect for a young defenseman. I remember a couple of years ago, we've used the clip occasionally of you comparing him to Quinn Hughes and how you, you see them both on the ice and you think to yourself, man, I, I think Scott Perunovich can be that kind of a player. What have you seen from him in his game this year? And do you still feel like he has that kind of potential?
1: Well, I mean, listen, I think the injuries have certainly prevented him from taking as big of a step as I think the Blues were hoping he would take. You know, The shoulder injury, the wrist injury, both requiring surgery. He missed basically two years of a development. And I think he's still trying to find his groove. You know, there are spurts and there's moments where it is Quinn Hughes-like. And I think the biggest area is the way he walks the blue line. You know, Cale McCarr does it the best. I think Quinn Hughes is a close second. And Scott Prunovich, when, when he's feeling it, I think at the blue line, he is just as deceptive, and he, maybe even more in some ways. You know what I mean by the offensive blue line, when you get it at the offensive blue and he starts to walk, he starts to drag his body across, he does this thing with his shoulders and he kind of opens up and swivels his hips. Where he can lose a he can lose the opponent winger a um, blink of an eye, I, and I see that in his game. I think the area if he wants to take the next step from an offensive standpoint, along with walking that blue line, is if he shoots the puck more. I mean, if he becomes more of a shot threat, like Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr are, that's what opens up so many passing lanes for those guys. And I think Scott, right now, he's still a little gun shy about shooting the puck, and you see this with young players. It was with the case for Robert Thomas in his first four seasons with the Blues. He was known as a playmaker. He came into the league as a passer and as a disher and as an assist man. But ever since now, this year, he starts shooting the puck more. Not only is he score more goals, he's setting up his teammates to score more goals. So that's where the evolution of Robert Thomas, uh, Scott Prudivich, can certainly learn a little bit from that. You know, because he's got the tendencies, he's got the quickness, he's got the deception, he's got the great body language that can lose a defender at the blue line. If he figures out a way to release his shot more often and find ways to get that puck through the traffic to the front of the net, you know, all of a sudden, maybe he ends up the year with five, six, seven, eight goals. Maybe he gets close to 10 goals a year. And as a UFA, I mean, he's going to get paid if he scores 10 goals a year. I mean, that, that's just a fact. So I think for him, continuing just to find the confidence in that he's not only a good passer and playmaker, but he's got a great shot, too. And if he can start getting pucks to the net more often, not only is he going to help himself, but certainly going to help his teammates, too. Joe, at what point as a coach do you say it's time to give him a little bit more responsibility and see what he does with it? You know, I think right now um, it's hard because Colton Prake and Nick Letty have been very steady and good as your top pair. I've really liked Tori Krug and Justin Falk. And even with Justin Falk hurt, you know, I think that Matthew Kessel came in as a right-handed shot, and I think he's done a very good job. You know, the question becomes, does Scott Prunovich feel confident on the right side? And even if he does, does it really help your team? Is it a smart move to put two players like Tori Krug and Scott Prunovich together? I don't know. I don't think so at this point, right? I mean, you got to have a little bit more balance, in my opinion. I think certainly the blue staff feel the same way. So I think without injuries, Alex, I think he has solidified himself in that bottom pair. You know, if you were to go to a different team next year or the year, years after, can he have that opportunity to become a better player? Yes. Can it be what happened with Jake Wallman in Detroit? Absolutely. I mean, Jake Wallman reminds me so much of Scott Prunovich. You know, Jake Wallman was in and out, in and out of the lineup. When he came in, there were some great flashes. Offensively, We ha- he had it. He had a great shot. And he just could not figure out that opportunity here in St. Louis because they were loaded up in the top four. And, and I still think we're loaded up in the top four. I, I can't see Scott Prunovich beating a Tory Crew, Justin Falk, Nick Letty, or Colton Pareko out of, of a top four minute. So he's going to have to continue to learn and evolve and figure out a way, essentially, at the end of the day, which isn't easy, to maximize his 12 to 13 minutes. Um, which is hard because you don't find yourself in the rhythm in the game, but you have to start somewhere and build, build from there.
0: Joe, final question that I've got for you on the power play tonight. We're expecting to see Colton Pareco on that second unit. It's a change that they decided to make with, with Falk out of the lineup. W- what are you hoping to see out of Pareko? We haven't seen him on that unit in a while, not for any meaningful amount of time, at least.
1: No, it's going to be a little bit of a different look. You know, certainly I think you're going to see more of a shot mentality from Colton. You know, the one thing to keep an eye on is you just don't want him to take any one of his teammates' heads off (laughs) because sometimes that thing could be a wild cannon, and, you know, for him to keep his shots low uh, will be certainly important for him to get through. You know, I had a coach in the minors, um, Gene Riley was his name, actually in college, excuse me, and he would always say, you know, when you're shooting from the point, he would always call it shin high, shin high, right? You've got to shoot around the shins. That gives you um, the best chance to get shots through. Uh, I think Colton sometimes can let his shot go a little bit high, I think that's what's kind of hindered him in the past with other coaches here in St. Louis to not it's prevented him from being on the power play because his shots can be so high maybe at times out of control. So I think to have some good control on his shots and just get pucks through is going to be important. Uh, but listen, he's also a big body that um, can get back and defend. You know, certainly you don't want to have all offensive-minded personalities out there where then all of a sudden you're allowing chances against. And, and we have seen in the last handful of games where the opponent's penalty kill has kind of stifle the Blues a little bit, not only by killing them, but also by getting some offensive chances. So I think it's a great advantage to have Colton out there. I think he certainly has earned it. And for him to go out there and just use his gift, his gift is his shot, his kit is to get his feet set to make sure he gets those shots off properly and ultimately keeping them down to uh, create scoring chances in front of the blue paint. And that's one of the areas that Drew Bannister wants to continue to see this team improve on is more bodies and more pucks than that.
0: Joe, looking forward to hearing you on the call tonight. Blues versus Canucks pregame with Alex starts at 6. We'll hear from Joe and Curb starting at 7 o'clock for a big one tonight between the Blues and the Canucks. All the best to you, man. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk with you again next week.
1: Sounds good, fellas. Always great to catch up with you as well, and we'll talk to you next week.